Hello, and thank you so much for listening. So you are listening to Ilani Talk. This is a show where we talk about the tools in your toolbox. As a life coach, I've had the opportunity to work with many different clients at all different stages of life. And this toolbox that we talk about is built of the things that we use to help us through our life, through hardships, through positive times, through growth periods. And people have different experiences, so they acquire these tools from maybe people they've known, from their experiences, things they've gone through. And so I bring on special guests to share the tools in their toolbox. And today I'm so excited because I have a special guest here with us today. And he is somebody that's actually known me for a very long time, personally. Um, We met, I believe, in uh, middle school. So I am so excited to announce our special guest today, Austin Tam. Hi, Austin. Thank you. So you have changed so much since I've known you, and now you are doing amazing things. So tell us a little bit, like, what is your title? What do you do now, Austin? Um, Thank you for asking me. Um, I'm happy to be here. Um, I've been a community organizer and a disability rights activist for about uh, maybe seven years. Um, and also it started with me coming coming to terms with my ADHD and cognitive disorder, um, quote-unquote different abilities, and um, it inspired me to work with different people with different abilities and also um, uh, be a community organizer around the community when it comes to immigration, affordable housing, or and just anything that involves social justice. And um, that's what helped me to overcome much of my obstacles throughout my life and helped me to overcome uh, them. And also, um, definitely, it was my, uh, the village that helped me um, get through the dark periods. Wow, you know what, that is so amazing. That is so much that you're doing and very truly inspiring because so what I'm hearing from you is that, you know, uh, through most of your life, you didn't necessarily come to terms with, um, you know, the ADHD or your cognitive disability. So at some point when you had been sort of given this label, then you had your reaction to it, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. And also it was hard because... In life, you know, I think I just wanted to be, quote-unquote, normal, mm-hmm. whatever normal means. I mean, and, you know, just being a young kid, teenager, and I didn't want to deal with disabilities. But not, but um, I was encouraged uh, later on because um, I was talking about, like, the whole thing about myself not being happy who I was, my self-esteem issues. And then my community, even my pastor, Michael Yoshi, helped me to connect the, connect the two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was uh, finally diagnosed with ADHD cognitive disorder in actually a few days short of my birthday in 2009. Right. So uh, how when old? I turned 30. Oh, okay. Wow. To actually make it into, because I was really hesitant because I was like, you know, I was taking medication. I was like, no, these doctors don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And actually, I was encouraged to like, you know, actually to open, to have a new beginning. Right. Like I'm turning 30 and then I should, you know, that would be like the the timing would just be right to mm-hmm. kind of do, to kind of like have a new perspective you know, myself, you know? Right. 
So, and you know, and that was, that's very brave of you because, you know, by, so you're 29 years old and you lived your whole life. I mean, that's a, you know, a good amount of time that a person has lived 29 years on the earth. And like you said, you just wanted to kind of go about life and be as quote unquote normal as you could, but knowing that maybe there was something that was a little different that you felt. And so with the encouragement of your village and your community, uh, you were like, okay, I want to be open enough to see you know, after I get tested, you know, is there something here for you to have a new start, a new perspective and figure out how you can, you know, embrace what, what it is after you find out, you know? And, um, so when, when you got to that point where you're, you know, like you said, it was right before you turned 30, um, how were you feeling at that time? Was that like a time that was, you remember feeling really positive and, you know, strong, you know, was the encouragement to go because you were going through a hard time or was it because you were going through a good time at that? I think I was scared and I was very hesitant. I'm like, I was like, oh, the new, the, I'm good. Like, I think I feel like I'm dying or like a new, uh, it was almost like a new, like something that like a new Austin, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like I remember like a day before, a few days before, I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I mean, I'm scared this and that because it's gonna change me and who I am. Mm -hmm. And then I was very hesitant, but then actually, I think it helped me to be more happier with myself because I was, I said, I was actually doing it for everyone else because I was like, you don't like the person I am, so it would help me change. But then you know, but then I, you know, yeah, I, I get very. I get very um, excited, mm -hmm. and actually, it's interesting because um, I'm starting this making the invisible visible campaign. Right. I mean, um, and I was elected to be like um, what do you call that? Um, a delegate for the California Democratic State Convention. That is amazing. On the disability rights platform to make the invisible visible, and um, also, I'm trying to. Um, like I'm trying to fight for more representation mm -hmm. because, you know, especially like in, like when I look in politics, there's only like about two that has, have a disability and then. Um, or that are, that are actually like presenting it as yeah, such. presenting like, and, and using that as a part of their platform. Yeah, actually they don't really say they have a disability. Mm -hmm. It's just because one was the Iraq veteran and the other one is in the wheelchair, but it's interesting now because um, I'm really, I want to try to change how the media portrays it too. Mm -hmm. Because the Peanut Butter Falcon, I saw the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because the movie studios were actually offering the, the director more money if they would play a non-disabled role. And the director actually refused to take up that offer and said, um, no, I'm not going to take that offer. And I'm going to look for someone with the disability to play the role mm -hmm. of the Down syndrome young man in the movie. Mm. And and actually right now <clears throat> I want to um I want to fight for more representation because it's kinda like disabilities are not always obvious. There's like different forms. Right. Physical, invisible. Like mine is invisible. So like it was easier for me to ignore it for like that whole 29 years right and some people i told friends about it and they're like oh if you told me then i would have been more like i would have been nicer to you i was like 
Well, at the time, I think we were not mature either. So, right. we, you know, and actually I went, I went to um, a Christian camp and actually had a workshop. I did a workshop mm-hmm. on it, on my disability. There's about 20 people in there. And it was crazy because actually that was in 2006. So I was, let's say, 26. I was 25. And I wasn't really, I was in the beginning of coming to terms with it. Mm. But in 2009, it helped. I was going through a different stage and phase in my life. And then now it's 2019. And at 40, I feel like, you know, to see where I've, I've come right? How far and to see how many people shaped my life. And, um, and now I work with this, um, it's called Helping Hands East Bay. It's like a day, um, it's like, um, it's like a day camp. It's like, it's like a, it's like school for like Vietnamese and Chinese speaking mm-hmm. and, uh, and English speaking. And it's from like nine to two. So I come and help and I kind of like, um, help help the other staff and like sometimes I'm paired up with different um, participants mm-hmm. and it's interesting because you walk in the into the own into the own into to the own lives of what it's like to live with a disability and it it actually challenges you in a positive way wow no okay so backtrack a little bit you are so right about the fact that to see how far you've come, right? I mean, it's incredible. Like you are you are speaking not only from your personal experience, but now you represent the voice of the people like your campaign which is making the invisible visible. And that is very true for a lot of also um not just disabilities, but people that live with um certain diseases or um, you know, mental health issues and things that, you know, are not seen. Mm. So from, you know, depression, PTSD, things that uh, affect people every single day and you can't see that a person is dealing with that, you know? And then when it comes to disabilities, like you're saying, you want to change the way that it's, uh, you know, perceived and portrayed and not necessarily be seen as that it, it um, you know, limits your ability to be able to speak your voice. And so I want to commend you on having the bravery for you to be able to stand tall and strong with your message, with what you're trying to convey and say that, hey, you know what, I'm here and I'm representing the people that are usually not seen and I want them to be able to be seen, you know? And um, when you talk about your village and you're talking about the people that supported you and supported you to get to this point, who who are those uh, people? Actually, I think my Christian community and just my family, uh, my pastor, Michael Yoshi, and um, maybe the people that I, um, and just friends. But I think, um, I think spiritually, I think it's helped me. Um, I think that's what su- has supported me um, throughout my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, someone asked me, would I change it? I said, I wouldn't. If I had to do all over again, actually, I wouldn't change it. Now, I wouldn't change who I am, but I probably would change a little bit, like, to educate people about disabilities. But, like, they quote-unquote say, how do you know what you know? How how do you know what you don't know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's, uh, it's, 
it's 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 really um interesting because when I look at myself in the mirror, I like seem very different. Like a lot of people, are like oh, it's not like you. It was. It's not like you're a broken person. It's just that you're like going through stuff and going through different phases. But it took a long time. It took me from fourteen to probably twenty, maybe to thirty. But then you know you continue to evolve over mm -hmm. time. And you mature over time. That's true. Yeah. Okay, but did you, so when you did find out, you know, when they actually told you, okay, hey, you know, you actually have, uh, you know, ADHD and the cognitive disability, did you do anything to sort of like, uh, you know, did you change anything? Did you seek some sort of a treatment or anything like that? Or was it just like like a label? Oh, I, oh, I had to take medication. So the medication was the one that I was very uh, resistant towards, mm -hmm. and um, let me see this. Um, and actually, it's interesting because um, the label, because you know, we thought. I mean, obviously, I've had disability all my life, but um, they thought I might have autism and quote unquote like uh, mild retardation. But then I told the doctor, you know. We can, I don't like that term. That term, you know, unfortunately was used in the 60s and the 50s and right. back then. Um, but then um, kind of like they thought I had autis autis autism mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm not I'm not too good with eye contact. But then a lot of people were like, oh, what tell my mom and dad and, fa and my family? Oh, Austin doesn't seem like he has a disability. He seems so smart. He knows how to memorize, like... Forrest Gump won the Oscar in 94 and like Tom Hanks has been in like 35 films and mm -hmm. he was born in 1956 but I have it was it's kind of that like unusual gift because I was encouraged after coming to terms with my disability um, I was encouraged by my minister and others to um, embrace my own gifts right. because we all have gifts mm -hmm. uh, but um, and not to compare each other not compare yourself with other people, but like just um, just kind of use your gift that you were right that you were given. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You know, you know, so you were mentioning like, how do you know what you don't know? And and so I think that in that what you're explaining the experience of having to sit with a doctor to say, oh, maybe you have you know autism or mild retardation. The fact that he would put those two together is you know, I don't personally agree with, you know, and this is obviously the first time I'm hearing it um, because, you know, I worked with autistic children. And so, and what I believe about the kids that I worked with is they're actually geniuses, but we're trying to teach them how to communicate with us. And um, I don't know if you know this, but they just announced the very first autistic woman that she just graduated um, and became an, a lawyer. And, and so autism is in nowhere shape form connected to being retarded yeah. you know or lacking a level of intelligence or you know brain capacity if anything i i personally see and believe that those with autism have more it's just that we as the regular people have not yet figured out how to unlock that because a lot of you know the autistic ch children and then grow up some of them become nonverbal, but they you know they are very intelligent because because a lot of my friends they were like wow i used to be there some of them were like oh I was the one who actually was not educated by disabilities, but I know a lot of friends now who actually are like counselors and um, um, and that work with people with disabilities now. And it's interesting because um, 
what you, I think we come a long way. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, but I mean, and also the issue of ableism. You know, people are like, oh, ableism is a hard issue to talk about because it's like, well, because it's like in in society, like you know, even on the America's Got Talent, like um, Cody, I forgot his last name, but he's yeah. Korean and he's yeah. blind and the winner. Yeah, yeah. I was he's like, blind, Whoa. autistic. Oh my gosh, I cry every time. But I Leona it. Lewis is like. I was I heard the song because you know I was I got back from the mall but I was listening, listening mm-hmm. and I was all of a sudden like his his voice comes on but it, this is L A right this mm-hmm. is Burbank but I was like so surprised because I was like not surprised I was like he's the runner up but I'm like right. it was kind of like and the fact I mean he won he won and you know he's yeah. not too good with like verbal like right. like yeah and, and most of what he says like yeah. in t- far as communicating. Yeah, he's not super verbal. He's like when he speaks, he's like, you know, a sentence here, a sentence there. But he exudes this like his his quote unquote, you know, catchphrase is like, yeah, yeah. like, you know, and, and he's like, just super excited. And, and he it, was jumping. Like, yeah. Woo! And you, know, you can't help but and he makes you smile. He brings you joy. And, you know, and not to say like you have similarities to him. But the thing is that what I know about you, too, as well, you make people smile. You make people laugh. Oh, and you. so regardless of like labels and things you know, in which that you discovered that helped you kind of like put, like you said, connect the dots. But still, you know, I, I also respect you for then choosing to still push through whatever you felt through your life to 29 years old and say, you know, I'm just going to live my life and be the best Austin that I can be, you know, and you always were someone that always brought a smile to everybody. And I think that's also why too, you know, people encouraging you to take a part in your activism and, you know, politics, you're standing, you know, amongst a lot of people that are, are, you know, game changers trying to, you know, enforce various policies and laws and regulations and things. And you're standing up there with them, you know, and you have a type of personality and energy and spirit about you that is very different, you know, than what you would typically think a politician would be about, you know? And I know you get frustrated, you know, with things that are not right, but your overall like just view and perspective about the world is very positive, you know, yeah. and, and very happy. And, you know, and you're like one of the very naturally funny people, you know, that I know. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, I was humble and honored to be interviewed by uh, KPFA in uh, 2013. And then th- it was the first time they interviewed and did anything about disabilities. I was surprised because um, they did a special on, um, on disabilities within the Asian and Asian Pacific Islander community. Mm-hmm. And the woman asked me, oh, so how do we educate people about disabilities? And I'm like, well, to be honest with you, you have to, in order to understand it, you, I think you have to definitely live the disability. You have to live it. You can't be like, I mean, when we get older, obviously, you know, we're going to get, sometimes you're going to get sick or something like, um, you, over time when you become seniors, you could be disabled. But then it's interesting because um, that's that's what I said. I said you have to live it in order to really understand, understand it. Like like a race or different mm-hmm. other gender or other issues. That's true. You can't, I mean, because someone says, oh, because people are very fast to say, I understand. But then I'm like. But they don't really. Well, I don't, so that's why mm-hmm. I, I don't say I understand because I'm like, well, you know, you know, I, I see you. Because yeah. it's kind of like I can't. Yeah, I can't. You, you know. can't fully relate. Yeah, like you know, and like you said, when it comes to race issues or things that a person can't possibly know what it's like, 
yeah, it's not enough to say, oh, I understand. You say, well, you know, I hear what you're saying. You know, I see, I see what you're showing me, you know, and you can try to relate as much as possible. You can try to be empathetic, but no, you can't fully understand what it's like. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. That's a really good point. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the tools in Austin's toolbox and how he used those tools to help him through many important periods of his life. Thank you so much for listening. Again, you're listening to Elani Talk. 